0: hello and welcome to another episode of our consumer guide for normal people i'm caroline eburn of one roof financial and i'm joined today by lucy moore who is also a mortgage and protection advisor Hi,
1: Lucy. Hi, Caroline. Yes, so um, today we're doing a first-time buyer special. Um, so we're going to talk about sort of, um, sort of some of the things that are really important to be aware of if you're looking at purchasing your first home. So I'm first just going to go through some statistics um, that were from a, a company called Finder. So they found that the average age of a first-time buyer in the UK in 2019 was 34 years old, which is... Um, and it was previously 28 years old in 2007 so that's obviously increased quite a lot in recent years showing that it is takes people longer to save longer to get there and ready to buy their first home in in recent years um the average deposit in 2019 was 46200 pounds the average first time buyer mortgage in 2019 was 1800 £185,300 and the average house price was £231,500. Just for people out there who were looking at buying their first home, you might think, oh, that's about right for all of us. (laughs) Or it might be completely different. It's just the average. And uh, we also found that uh, a company called uh, Statista found that the number of first-time buyers in the UK in 2020 was 304,000. And that is quite a big decrease from 2019, which was 356,000. So that's a difference of 52,000 first-time buyers. And we sort of theorised that that was because in 2020, um, some of the five and 10% deposits were taken away from the market. And we found that a lot of clients weren't able to get them at all um, for a period in 2020. So um, that might have meant that for a lot of first time buyers, it wasn't possible to purchase a property at that time.
0: Exactly. And that
1: is why it is very important to say that those
0: mortgages are now back. So those first time buyers that were biding their time and just letting the the pandemic ease now might be the prime opportunity for you to have another look and see if it's possible to buy your dream home. So um, what we thought would be really good to do was just focus on a couple of things you can do to prepare yourself for applying for a mortgage so first thing to do is to make sure that your credit file is really really nice and clean and tidy so most lenders do what's called credit scoring so that means that in built into their system is a set figure that you must achieve in order to get your mortgage approved so the the higher percentage mortgage you apply for so let's say you've only got a five percent deposit so you're applying for a 95 percent loan you will need one of the highest credit scores on the market so you need to make sure that there's no nasties on your credit report that if you have borrowed in the past that you've borrowed um and paid it back on time, not missed any payments. So building your credit score is one of the best things you can do to get yourself prepared. So there are a couple of lenders that do not score. So if you have just never borrowed anything because you've never needed to, so haven't got a score, There are still options out there for us to look at where we can say, right, um, this lender doesn't score. You don't, as long as your credit isn't bad, then it means that you can move forward with what you're looking at doing. Um, So things you can do to build a credit score. So if you've, um, if you're over 18, you can go onto the electoral roll. This is where, when you're looking at voting, this is on the register and you get voting cards through the post. And this actually forms part of your credit file. So if you are on the electoral roll at a certain address, it's a way of verifying that you live there. So on that, if you have been renting and moving around every kind of three, six months, You also might have a bit of a staggered address history. So, what I would always say is have a look at your credit file, it tells you where each credit item is registered and just make sure you align all your addresses because the tidier and everything and if all matches if the lender can say right well they said they lived there for three years so why have we got another address cropping in here if you want to maximize your credit rating and get the best score you can align all your addresses get onto your electoral roll and make that record of where you live really easy to see Um, I would also say if you've never had any credit at all maybe get some so maybe a very, very small limit credit card of just a hundred pounds and even just using it maybe once a month to buy a magazine, to buy a pint of milk and pay it off in full. So it doesn't matter the amount you spend on the credit card, just spending on it and paying it on time, that can build your credit profile. Um, so I would say if you're finding it difficult to get credit because you haven't had credit, I would always say the best place to start is your own bank. So. If you've had a bank account with the same institution for a number of years, they may already have something on their system which pre-approves you for a certain amount of credit. So I would always start there. And if that's a no, there are specialist credit builder credit cards that you can then apply for. Um, Because sometimes having no credit is worse than having lots of credit, (laughs) especially if you have lots of credit, but you're managing it beautifully. So things that show on your credit file are things like car finance, so PCP, high purchase, personal loans. If you have your mobile phone, on credit that appears on your credit record so there's so many free credit reports out there that you can sign up for check out it's amazing the information that's on there so i would say step number one for definite check out your credit file and if you're not sure if your credit file is good enough Speak to an advisor. Speak to a mortgage advisor and say, I'm looking at getting on the property ladder. This is my credit profile. Do you think I've got a chance or not? Um, and then one of uh, the professionals can take a look at it and say, actually, this, this looks in pretty good shape.
1: Yeah, exactly, Caroline. And um, like you said as well, the um, less of a deposit you put down, so a 5% deposit, then your credit file is going to have to be tip top to pass all the checks with the lenders. Um, And just in regards to saving for a deposit, um, 5% is the minimum that is available currently. Um, So you need 5%, but preferably more as then you'd get a better interest rate and hopefully a better monthly payment as well. And it all ties in with the the bigger the deposit, the better really. Um, And then your credit score doesn't have to be tip top, but then it's good that it is. Um, And of course, if you are saving for a 5% deposit and um, you're sort of quite, strapped for cash in that respect then you just have to remember that when you're buying a property there are additional fees so there is arrangement fees with the lenders that you might not be able to add on to the loan Uh, there's your solicitors fees and there's possible stamp duty fees if you're purchasing over 300,000 so for first-time buyers 300,000 then you don't pay a penny stamp duty but as soon as you go over that barrier it's five percent of everything above 300,000 so all of those fees is something to bear in mind when you're purchasing a property it's it's not just the deposit and then you done it's it there's a lot of cost involved and um just to sort of help you with that cost um often family like to Uh, or are in in a position to um, give you some money towards that. And that is in the form of a gifted deposit. So they can gift you some money or all the money for a deposit. And um, as long as they do not intend to have that money back in any respect, they are gifting it and it's 100% not repayable, then that is something that can be accepted by the lender. But it's only acceptable um, if it's family. It can't be friends or, or someone that you know down the road. It has to be family.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. Um, And family can help in so many other ways. So there are now special mortgage schemes where a family member can be like, oh, I don't want to actually give you £30,000, but I'd actually be okay to ring fence that for a short period. So there are mortgages available where the family member can say, right, I am going to put this money into a savings account that I cannot touch for, it can be five years, um, you will earn interest, but it just means then that your child doesn't have to actually have a deposit at all. So you could actually borrow all of the purchase price, but you, your family member has to lock away that savings and not touch it for five years. Um, so they can be quite Um, a a good scheme for people. Generally, the family member has to have 10%. So if your child wants to buy 200,000, then you need 20 grand that you put into this savings account that's locked away, cannot be touched. But at the end of that period, so if it's five years, you get that money back plus interest. And the idea is, is that at that time, the bank or building society will hope that the property has gone up in value enough and your mortgage has been paid every single month on time for five years, hopefully that will have evened out a little bit of equity so that the child then can remortgage or take out a new product with the equity that's in the property. So that's a really good scheme. Um, So some parents would rather stand as guarantor. So if you're a younger first time buyer and you've got younger parents, then they can stand as a guarantor for you. The parent has to be fully involved in the process. So the parent is going to have to give over their income and their expenditure and all of these things. Um, but it means that they can then say, yeah, I'm going to stand by and guarantee all this loan. Um, the parent obviously would have to be aware that they are fully responsible for the payment. So if the child gets made redundant, can't afford to pay the payment, They can't say, oh, well, I only guaranteed a small part. You are guaranteeing the whole amount. So if you're guaranteeing a £700 payment, you've got to hand over that full £700 payment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, there's loads of other schemes um, that we are going to do specialist podcasts on. So we're going to do a specialist podcast on shared ownership. They can be a fantastic way of getting onto the ladder. Um, if you are have a small deposit and lower earnings, that's where you only buy A percentage of the house so say 50% of the house and you rent the other 50. So we're going to do a specialist podcast on that. Um, First time buyers also still have access to the help to buy equity loan scheme which is where you can actually borrow um, some extra deposit interest-free for five years um, so again we're going to do a specialist podcast on that um, so they are there's so many different schemes that are in place so if you are very close to being able to get on the property ladder and just kind of need that little extra help then it's definitely worth speaking to a professional advisor because they can make you aware of any schemes that might help and also just asking parents because you never know it might be that your parent has got the ability to assist you with um, your deposit or standing guarantor, um, and and often you just need to ask and, and find out
1: exactly. And in the same process of you know trying to get your deposit together, also the process is very daunting. And speaking to advisors, um, you know if you speak to a good advisor, they're always happy to help, offer advice, and and co- and take you through the process to to just make you feel comfortable and explain things as many times as you need, just so so you understand and and you you you're ready to take that first step into the new home and and it's 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 exciting process rather than a daunting one absolutely brilliant so
0: that is everything we wanted to cover with our um, listeners and viewers today so we hope that you've learned something Uh, and if you have any questions or queries then make contact with um, uh, an advisor and they can go from there so all of our contact details should you require will be in the episode guide and we hope you've enjoyed the episode see you soon One Roof Financial LLP is an appointed representative of Primus Mortgage Network, a trading name of First Complete Limited, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. We usually charge a fee for mortgage advice. The amount of the fee will depend upon your circumstances and will be discussed and agreed with you at the earliest opportunity.